We are grateful to have gracing our St. Patrick's Cathedral, the Archbishop of New York, His Eminence, Cardinal Timothy Dolan. Sir, before you, Your Eminence, were Cardinals Egan, Cardinal O'Connor, Cardinal Cook, going back almost to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) Why were New York R, New York Cardinals, all Irish? (laughs) Cindy Adams, first of all, thanks for the invitation to be with you. You know I love you and I appreciate you, you and you we become good friends, so I feel very comfortable with you. They asked me that on April, uh, no, February 22nd, 2009, when I was up here for the press conference that I was going to be the new Archbishop of New York. And one of the reporters said, why are all the arch? you're the 10th, why are all of them Irish? I said, because the Pope appoints them and the Pope is infallible. So he knows an Irishman, we need we need him for New York. Okay, so you're going to wait for a big laugh? Is that it? <laughs> we don't have feedback here. That's a bit of no, a disadvantage. No, well, you're laughing yeah. at your own yes. mind. Okay, okay. The New, York Archdi- the New York Diocese began in the 1800s. Yep. But how did a diocese begin? I mean, what was it before? What constitutes a diocese? Yeah, that's good to know. So, look, from the old days, so the first diocese in the United States of America was Baltimore. So you take the 13 colonies, you got the new nation that with George Washington becoming president, they said, we need a diocese here. Rome said, we need a diocese. There weren't that many Catholics. There were only 24,000 Catholics. Heck, that's a parish in the Bronx today. But anyway, they said, we need one. And Baltimore was, that's where initial Catholic settlers had gone in Maryland, okay? Because I didn't the, know that. Yeah, the Cal- so Lord Baltimore and Lord Calvert would, would have come from England to open a colony, and they got some religious freedom there. It was the only one of the 13 colonies where there was religious freedom, meaning Catholics who were kind of under a persecution in England because of the of the Henry VIII and all that stuff. They came over, and they flourished there. So Baltimore made sense. We had a great first bishop in Baltimore by the name of John Carroll, And as the country began to expand, he wrote Rome and he said, hey, Holy Father, we need some more dioceses. They said, suggest which ones. He said, I'll tell you which ones. Boston, New York, Philadelphia and Bardstown, Kentucky, because a lot of the original Maryland settlers had gone to Kentucky. Okay, they wrote back and said, bingo, let's do it. 1808. The, the diocese of New York was established with those other four. What Makes is sense? actually a diocese? A I, diocese. I know, thank you. A diocese is. would be like an equivalent of a state. It would be a boundaried area that is governed by a bishop and also divided into parishes. So the Catholic world would be divided into dioceses and then parishes. Now, a group of dioceses then would be under an archdiocese. So initially... As you asked me, Cindy, the archdi- the diocese of New York was under Baltimore. Yeah. And in 1850, Joe, 1850, uh, the Archbishop of Baltimore wrote and said, you know, these should become archdioceses. So we became an archdiocese in 1850. What is an arch? So an archdiocese would be kind of an upper crust under which would come dioceses. So there are eight dioceses in the state of New York. We're the major one, the Archdiocese. Under the Archdiocese in New York would come Brooklyn, Rockville Center, Albany, Syracuse, Buffalo, Rochester, and Ogdensburg. Thanks for letting me explain that. Catholics don't know that. But if that's a plural, shouldn't it 
the plural be archdiocese or something instead of diseases? No, <laughs> no, because there's only one. So there's only one. No, but you said archdiocese, the, like several of them. No, there are several in the United States. And if you would speak about the, like if you would say, so across the Hudson, we got the archdiocese of Newark. Okay, so yeah, if you were talking about the archdioceses in the I'm United States, about, there yeah. you go. You thought it'd be Latin. But we just use the English. Listen, so I don't understand. We can English. speak. You're good at Latin. You Listen, can, I'm you lucky can, I can speak English. Look, Leave me alone. You can cuss in six languages. I've heard. <laughs> you betcha. I won't even say it. Listen, because you're the eminence. Didn't you ever, ever, ever want to be anything else? Like maybe a suit salesman? What's your family? Didn't you ever want to be anything? Yes, I did. Thank you. Although it is true... They're really, and I hesitate to say this because it sounds like I'm bragging, and I'm not. I don't want to discourage other people that would not have the same experience. I can't remember a time when I was not fascinated by the priesthood and thought, wow, I wouldn't mind being a priest. Uh, I think that's due to my grandma because I would always go to Mass with her, and she loved the parish priest. And all. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I wanted to, was, I'd say that to my grandma, Nani, I called her, Nani, I want to be that priest. And we're walking home, and the fire truck would pass. I'd say, Nani, I want to be a fireman. I did, uh, yes, I had thought seriously about becoming a teacher because I like to study. I was pretty good in school. And I had thought seriously about perhaps uh, becoming a doctor. Those are the only two things I thought about. Never, the attraction of the priesthood never left my noggin. Well, you have to, oh, you get a lot, but you have to give up so much. We Don't we all? I guess I mean, so. you're giving up a free afternoon doing the show, right? I mean, we have don't married couples have to give up a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so I hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love my dog yeah. even better than my husband. Juicy. Yes, absolutely. How absolutely. can we forget Juicy? My, okay. oh, my. Oh, my, my dog. I yeah. love him so much. Tell me about your upbringing. Sure. What is it that makes a cardinal? I mean, how great were you in school? I, w- I, was, I would not say I was an egghead, I wasn't a genius, but I was a good student, and I loved to study. I loved to read. I still do. And so what the upbringing, you look, your family is the first seminary. I had a great mom and dad. I've always said to grow up in a happy family is probably... My family wasn't the first seminary. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean Catholic families, all right? So the my mom and dad were good Catholics. They weren't Shiite Catholics. I mean, they weren't talking about the faith all the time or on their knees all the time, but they took the faith seriously. And I grew up in a great parish. You know what a parish is. That yeah. would be a diocese is divided into parishes. Grew up in a great parish. This wonderful neighborhood where half the people were Catholics. My buddies were Catholics. My... My baseball team, most of them were Catholics. We had great nuns, women religious from Ireland, who were joyful, competent women who encouraged me in my vocation. The priests in the parish were models to me. The neighbors, when they'd say to me, Timmy, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say a priest. They'd say, hey, that is great. Okay, so I kind of came from a neighborhood, a culture, a parish that encouraged a vocation. All right? And I think that's that had a lot to do with it. Ultimately, I know this isn't some uh, holy hour or something, but ultimately, in my simple, awkward prayer, I kind of thought, Lord, I think you might want me to be a priest. That's what it's about, trying to figure out what God, don't we all have to figure out what God wants us to do? Is that what we call a calling? A calling, and the Latin for calling is a vocatio, where we get the word vocation. We all have them. Right. You got one and you do a pretty good job of it as as a journalist. Okay, my calling. I said, how am I going to get back to heaven? What does God want me to do 
with my life. I think he wants me to be a priest. That's called a vocation. And the process of discovering is called discernment. You try to discern what the Lord wants you to do. I meet with couples wondering about getting married all the time. And I say, look, what you got to ask yourself, what you think God's calling you to take her as a wife or to take him as a husband? Okay. And that's a discernment. That's a vocation. It's a noble one. Uh, we, we, we're, we get good priests from good families. Okay. It's part of the problem today. Because we got a lot of dysfunctional, we got a lot of disjointed families, so no wonder there's a lack of... But I grew up in a good one, to answer your question. Does an eminence go to confession? Yes, more often than you think. Maybe they need it more often than... Most of the time I'm with you afterward. No, never. That's good. That's one in a row. That's one in a row for you, honey. That's really one in a row. I do. I do go a lot. Yeah, I have to. I want to. I need it. Well, who is going to hear an eminence? They don't, I don't think they know it's I. So I walk down to what, there's two or three parishes within walking distance where priests are available to hear confession. They're behind a screen. I go there and I make my confession. I don't think they know it's I. In fact, there was a great story. I wasn't here that long and I'm going to confession to the guy. And at the end he says, say, you know, I don't know if you read the Catholic New York, but there's a great article by the Archbishop on the sacrament of penance, confession. You ought to read it. I didn't say, oh, I kind of wrote it, but so I don't think they know what's I, and I'm kind of glad they don't. No, I, I, that I understand. Yeah. That I understand. But don't they see you going into the church? No, I'd I... be lined. Most of the time, Cindy, I do it on a day off, and I'd be in my street clothes because I'm taking a walk. I'm doing a little shopping. I'm going out for lunch, and I stop by and go to confession, get a haircut usually. Okay, I just, I just didn't know how those things work. What happens when a cardinal reaches eighty? Is it compulsion? Do you have to expire? Uh, 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 retire? Retire. At 75, Cindy. So in three and a half years, I will have to submit my resignation to the Pope at seven, when I become 75. Most of the time, it's not taken right away. Usually a year, two, sometimes three. You would remain on if your health is good. But you have to submit your resignation at 75. At 80, for a cardinal, even if he's retired... He'd still have the honor of entering a conclave to elect a new pope. At 80, that expires. You don't have that privilege anymore. So what can happen if you are retiring, your eminence? What Do you go back to your family? No. Do you um, have to go to a special place? What? Well, John Castamatidis has asked me to do a show, so I get... <laughs> <laughs> You mean all of us old people? Is that what you're telling me? Um, you better yeah. watch your when mouth. You're looking, I mean, when you're unemployed. Your no, I could go back home. Odds are I'd stay here. This is my home now. So for a cardinal, the, the church is your home. I feel at home here in New York. I love the Archdiocese. I'd probably stay here. Would I live at a rectory? A lot of that would depend on my successor. He'd be my new boss, the new archbishop. And I'd say, would it be okay if I lived at this parish and helped or... Cardinal Egan took an old rectory and had an apartment there. I could go there. It was an old rectory. There. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just being friendly. Okay. Cardinal O'Connor told me once that to, he was going to go to Lebanon and Israel, and he needed State Department approval. Of course, I know you're American, but what is the fealty, the loyalty to the Vatican State that you'd need our State Department approval I don't understand that. 
That might be tough to understand because my my allegiance would be to the what we call the Holy See or the Vatican. And so and as especially as a cardinal. In fact, I had a Vatican passport. OK, there aren't too many of them. The Vatican is the size of an 18 year old, uh, 18 old golf course. It's not a big state, but it is an independent, historically uh, valid uh, political entity. But I think Cardinal O'Connor was also say, hey, look, I'm also a proud citizen of the United States of America and. I'm I'm going to be there, and I need to ask their consul if it's okay to go. Now, if they said no, something tells me he would have still said, I must go. My superiors in Rome have asked me, but it was extraordinarily and characteristically gracious of him. I did the same thing, Cindy, when uh, a couple of years ago I was invited to Iraq and Kurdistan by the bishops there. I said, I should go. I want to go. But I said, I should check with... Uh, with um, to see if it's okay. And you know who I called was Pete King. You know Congressman yeah, of King. Course, of course. Great guy, good friend. And I said, could you advise me on this? He said, let me, ch-. I said, first of all, safety wise. And secondly, if there's anything I need to be briefed on from an American point of view, so I don't open my big trap over there and put my size 13 and a halfs in it. So he did. He said, let me check around. So he said, I checked with the State Department. He was on the Homeland Security. Uh, yeah. Which made sense. And he said, you go. You're going to be safe. And he was kind enough to send me a briefing of of things that were going on, some concerns of the American government. I was not there, as you implied in your excellent question about Cardinal O'Connor. I was not there as an agent of the American government. But I am a proud American citizen. What's your passport? What kind of I have passport? an American passport, but 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 you're so special. Doesn't it have some special? No, thing? I don't think so. It hasn't helped me get through customs. But the, uh, <laughs> but I also the the Vatican is, gives cardinals a passport because very often they would ask you to do some diplomatic initiatives. Which I went to Cuba, remember, a year yeah, and a half or yeah, so ago. Yeah. The, those are the kind of things that helps when you're going uh, with a Vatican passport. You know, I thousand years ago, it seems, I had breakfast with our friend Cardinal O'Connor. Nothing too lavish, considering bowl of oatmeal. I bet, huh? He, it was always oh, loved, and beans. He had beans for breakfast. I don't I remember. It was the, an old Navy diet because he was an admiral. I wasn't, and I wasn't <laughs> eating beans. But I remember he gave me oatmeal, oh. but a bagel. He also okay. had bagels. Okay, he had bagels. Did you meet the legendary Irish cook, Mara? I don't remember who I met. You would, you would remember Mara. She was a crusty, fiery Irish great woman. There was a big lady. Is that was? Could that have been Mara? I never knew her, Joe. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, she was. Well, she. I don't mean that she was tall, but she was chunk. She was stout, huh? Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. No. I mean, anything that comes from our friend here is absolute. He's you know? the fact checker, right? <laughs> He's watching his phone as oh, yeah. we speak. Okay. But he allowed, he, first of all, he gave me raisin bran, and he gave me sanka and oatmeal. I'd have done better at the Second Avenue Deli. <laughs> You'd have done allowed, better at the Salvation Army. <laughs> anywhere. He allowed me to inspect his private quarters, even his, his closet. It was all quite simple. Do, do you, I mean, your, your residence is so ornate. Do you live in such simplicity? I would like to think so. You know, I, I would like to think so. And you're right. The outside is certainly ornate and the ground floor, yeah, even though it sure. reminds you of Frankie Campbell's. But anyway, the um, <laughs> no, but I think our corners are simple. And Cindy, what what clothes needs do I have? 
I mean, my God, I you know, you, you get the I put the black cassock on when I do ceremonies. I wear this. You don't need many clothes. You go through black shoes quite quite a bit. But uh, I think my I think my rooms would be very simple. I do have a lot of religious objects here and works of art that people have given me. I'm grateful for those. And I think everything is very simple. I don't think I'd let you examine my bar area. That might be. <laughs> oh, there's not very much left in it, <laughs> as, as I can recall. And my cigar uh, collection, I, I don't know. <laughs> Does an eminence eat his porridge out of a gold-rimmed no. bowl? His eminence, this eminence, would eat his porridge out of a cereal bowl in the morning coming out of the microwave. Because it doesn't seem to us from, I mean, you should have everything because you are who you are. But we would imagine that it's quite lavish. In you, the way you yeah, live. and I would say when we entertain, you know, I'd, we'd like to put on a good show. But boy, our daily. First of all, I make my own breakfast, and uh, what do you mean you make your own breakfast? I, well, I get up pretty early. I get up a quarter to five when you're coming so in. So do I, and <laughs> twice so do a I. day. <laughs> Okay. What do you where do you cook? Where are you doing your cooking? I go down to the kitchen and there, I I make some of that instant oatmeal. I get a cup of coffee. I'll get up some blueberries or something. Chibasta, as the Italians say, it's enough. Mm. Okay, I I didn't think that. I thought you lived quite high. Does your eminence ever put his feet up and read a mystery book? Very ever? often. I loved our friend Mary Higgins Clark. As yeah. you did, okay. Yeah. yeah, I like our friend James Patterson. Oh, me I too, love me too, me too. John Grisham. Yeah, me oh, too. I have those Lord. books. You want some? Oh, I, Cindy, you I met some? him once, and he sends me his first edition me autograph. Too. You get me him? Too. I'm yeah. so honored. I want to get him. And what about Silva? You read David uh, Silva? Was that day? I love. Yeah, I Daniel Silva. Too. Excellent. So mysteries. I would always have kind of a serious book. And a lighthearted book. And I go through the lighthearted ones easier. So, I Michael Conley. What about the uh, Reacher stuff? I love him. Lee Child. Yeah, uh, but I, I like Patterson more, Betterer, and yeah. Grisham. I mean, oh, I uh, love And David uh, yeah. Silva. Yeah. David Silva's latest one is, what's the name of it? Oh, uh, the, the, the cellist, isn't it? The cellist. Yes. The cellist. The very the cellist, good. The cellist. Okay. In the post-Archbishop days... Were there perks for a former cardinal? Do you go home to family allowed to marry in post-Archbishop days? What what sort of life? Can you leave, lead a, a normal like every, everybody? When I'm retired, you mean? Yeah. So we're three and a half years from now? Yeah. I, I could go home more often. I could travel more. I could ex- I could accept more speaking engagements to give retreats to priests. I could take longer vacations. I'll do all that. I look forward to it. So there are no restrictions? No, there wouldn't be any restrictions. I mean, I'd still have priestly duties. I would want to offer Mass every day. I would want to, if if I lived here and priest said, hey, could you come by for Sunday Mass? Could you do confirmation? I'd say, yippee, count me in. But there wouldn't be any restrictions, no. And if I wanted to retire somewhere hidden and quiet, I could. Look at Pope Benedict. Remember? What should I do by looking at Well, books? you see what, I mean, he's kind of, he became a monk when, when he retired in, in 2013. Uh, so uh, that all I, there's a lot of stuff now, Cindy, that I enjoy and don't have enough time to do. Visiting prisons. I love visiting prisons. Some of the holiest men I've met are in prisons. I do it four times a year now. I probably do it once a week if I were retired. Uh, I love going to the food lines. 
I could do that more often because I wouldn't have the demands of the day. So, Well, I can understand <coughs> that, but I'm not knocking myself out in prisons. I want to tell you it's not my first place. I mean, jewelry store, yes, Maybe. but a prison, okay, there no. We go. Okay. I'm not Catholic. By the I, way, your ring is nicer than mine. I don't like this. You're showing me up. Well, this I is, mean, this is pretty calm, the one, your, your, yes. your little gold yeah. thing, please. I don't want to ask anything disrespectful because, you know, I'm not the type. I'm so oh, no, I hadn't noticed, right? warm, warm and everything. Does a prince of the church ever knock off his shoes and gold chain? Do you ever, do you ever just play Scrabble or Monopoly? Uh, when my nieces and nephews come, I will play uh, gin rummy. I will play gold, goldfish. Cheat? No, they do. Uh. I will pre- play Uno. I'll play Harshoes. I'll fish with them. So when my nieces and nephews come, it is whatever hair I got left, it's hair down. That's lovely. <laughs> I love that. That's just They're good for me, the reality check. That's yeah. just wonderful. How often do you go home? I can't go as often as I want. As you know, you were kind enough to ask about her. My mom is 92 in great health, so I try at least every two or three months to get home to spend two or three days with her. And then we have big family reunions, and I get to see everybody. This last summer, my niece Haley got married here at yeah. Our Lady's Chapel at St. Patrick's. So most of the family came up, and we had a blast. They spent about a week in the city. I think my brother Patrick and his wife and the three kids are coming up for Thanksgiving. Can you get me tickets to the Macy's parade? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Okay. I'll get you anything you and want. And we'll go to the uh, we'll go to the Rockettes. So you, oh yeah. Listeners, when, when do we do that? November what? Listeners, you should know Cindy and I. The last decade, they've been kind enough at Radio City Music Hall to ask me to come over and bless. The, the animals and the Rockettes yeah. and prepare for the big Christmas special. Cindy comes along with me. I'm glad to say we have a good time. And the camel licks my neck, remember? I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Tell me about your dog. He's scruffy little, uh, little pickle, thing. Pickle. We're worried about Pickle's health. So about five, six years ago, we got a rescue dog. And I have to give credit to Antoine. He's our cook. He comes in for lunch and supper. He loves the dog, but we love him in the house. But we're worried about his health. He had Do to, you need a vet? He lost all his teeth. No, we got a pretty good vet. Lost all his teeth. Well, he's got a bum leg. We think he's going blind. Uh, but don't we all? So See, you love him all the more. Look at poor Juicy, remember? Oh, oh please. Yeah. I loved I loved that dog more than anything else in my life. I, I didn't love my husband like I loved that dog. I remember, dog. and you let me hold, hold oh, yeah. Juicy. I love Juicy so yeah. much, so much. Tell me, I, I don't really know, what is the future of religion in general? I mean, what is happening to our country? What is happening to religion? All right. I'm worried. I'm worried. Now, I don't worry about... A lot of people will say to me, do you think religion, do you think faith, do you think the church can survive? I said, I have absolutely no doubt that it will survive. Jesus, our founder, said, I'll be with you to the end of the world, and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. But they're sure trying. And I do worry about our beloved country, God bless America, that was founded with kind of a respect for religion. And even though there's the thanks be to God, the the respect for the separation of church and state, there's also the insistence on religious freedom. And there was sort of a cultural emphasis that religion is kind of a good thing. I don't see that anymore. I think now religion is being sidelined. We don't, people think they can get along without God. I mean, when you have 
when you have a prominent official in this state say that uh, when the vaccines came, when he said, you know, the end of the corona had nothing to do with faith and prayer. It's all science. Well, that's baloney. Science is a great thing. But science is one of the ways God answers our prayers. I'm worried. I am. Are you worried about religion or are you worried about Catholicism? Both. What are you talking about? Both. I, I worry about faith, the vitality of faith. Here's the problem we got, Cindy. Okay, the good news is the polls show us that spirituality, belief in God, sort of a kind of a fluid value system, that's still strong in America. So belief is strong. Belonging to a church is not. And all my, my rabbi friends tell me that. My Protestant friends tell me that. My Islamic friends tell me that. The, the be- allegiance to a particular faith in which you were raised and, and in which you, you got your whole value system, that is on the decrease. And I worry about that. Now, some people might say, well, sure, you worry about that, Dolan, because that's self-serving. You're in a church. I worry because I don't think spirituality and belief can be sustained without a living community of people who share your values, and that's the church. So if you don't have worship, if you don't have a community, I'm, I worry your faith is going to grow paralyzed. And I think that's what's happening in our country. I think that's what's happening. And now they're pushing me because they want you in the press conference. Oh, my. That's happening. So my go. Arm. Go. I am telling the Catholic eminence. Will go. you invite me go. back? You're no, old. I'm not having you back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.